Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard helping all you HR and people leaders out there automate your reporting process. We've heard you kicking, screaming, and complaining about having to pull spreadsheets from all these different systems, and we know that it's a pain. That's why we created one of the first HR analytics dashboards with pre-built connectors to the most popular HR systems to be able to pull all your most important people data in one place. No longer pull messy, crappy spreadsheets because you can view, share, track, and analyze all your data from one HR source of truth. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We would love to learn how we can partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Courtney Nelson. She's the Senior Manager of Talent Acquisition at 09 Solutions. And today we're talking about recruiting challenges during an uncertain market. Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Courtney, welcome! I am happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be part of the podcast and to talk about this special topic to me. Um, It's definitely uncertain times right now within the recruitment field. So excited to dive into this topic with you. Awesome. And we're even more excited to have you here. So Courtney, before we kick off our topic, we're going to start the show off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? <laughs> That's a good one. I think, especially from a recruitment perspective, most people will have a similar story where I I wasn't aiming to be in talent acquisition HR field. It just sort of happened. I was early in my career working for a sales and marketing company. They do a lot of merchandising within stores. And I started out handing samples for them in Sam's Club, the the people that are greeting you, handing out small little samples and, and trying to sell you the product. And then I ended up moving into the headquarters and was in a call center and was asked by the VP that was overseeing the call center to see if I wanted to move over to the recruitment high volume team. So I started off in high volume recruitment, leading a team of about 15 recruiters. And then my career really took off and drove from there going into corporate recruitment and now tech. So it's been a a road for sure. But um, once I joined talent acquisition in HR, I didn't look back. Awesome. We really appreciate that. By the way, we don't go that often, but sometimes my wife and I will go to Sam's Club. And when we're there... When we have when we see the free samps, that's what we call them. We're so excited. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to go. And if you are hungry in the store, to not just go buy everything, um, go see what there is and, and make sure you like it before you buy it. Awesome. So, because we're going to be talking a lot about recruiting, and we found, especially talking to a lot of different customers, that recruiting is wildly different depending on the size of your company, the stage, the roles, the geography. Can you give us some background about 09 Solutions so that we'll have some context as you're talking about recruiting challenges? Yeah, most definitely. And you're right. It, 
it is definitely different depending on the size of the company, the industry, and a lot of other factors. But with O9 Solutions, we are a software company. So we're focused on supply chain planning platforms. Our platform is going to help companies with supply chain planning, demand planning, integrated business planning, and such. So we're going to work with different companies and brands um, to help them make better decisions within their enterprise. We do a lot of digital transformation, and our platform utilizes AI and machine learning with predictive analysis and advanced forecast to help with those decisions. Wow. We have about 2,200 people, like 2,000 to 2,200 people now across the globe. So we've grown really fast. When I first started here, we had about 1,200 people. And the year before that, there was about 600 people. So from 2020, we went from 600 to around that 2200 mark today. So phenomenal organic growth happening here at 09 in the world of computer software between all of our openings. That's awesome. And you're doing a lot of super fancy, complex stuff way over my head. <laughs> it can be, but to break it down, essentially, we help we help companies make better decisions and more predictive analysis. So it could be replenishment planning and um, figuring out the best way to get your product into the store, whether it be by land, air, or whatever the case may be. So Awesome. Well, I do get the helping people making better decisions because that's what we do on the HR side. So I do get that. But in regards to the topic, today we're talking about recruiting challenges during an uncertain market. So to kick this off, I think we should just have a conversation about what kind of recruiting challenges are you seeing personally? And then what are you seeing in the market? Because there's so much going on. So I would love to just just have a casual conversation about what does this look like? And hopefully our audience can pull some gems out of this as they're trying to get over their own recruiting challenges in their company. Yeah, it's definitely happy to have the casual conversation. I think it's needed and I think it's a hot topic in our world as a whole. There's a lot that's happened since the pandemic hit and recruitment has evolved and things consistently change and the market's just not staying the same. So, you know, a lot of what I'm seeing right now is there's a lot of miss kind of conceptions or perceptions essentially of what the market actually looks like depending on who you are. If you're in recruiting and you're doing the active recruitment, you know that there's still a lot of challenges and that it's still an employee market. Um, but if you're in a hiring leader seat or you're someone who's not as involved in the process, you have this perception that recruitment's going to get easier because there's a lot of layoffs that are happening and that means that there's going to be a lot of talent out there in the enterprise uh, to be able to select from. And there is also a lot of talent too out there, but it's it's about finding the right match, but also getting hiring managers and other people to think outside of the box and not necessarily uh, try to pigeonhole people to specific set requirements or look for transferable skills, essentially. So there's a lot up in the air. Recruitment can be really, really challenging for us right now because of it, because we're having to really fight for candidates, but also fight for understanding of what the market is looking like for specific roles. That makes sense. To give the audience some context and a timestamp, this is September 1st, 2022. We're dealing with a really interesting bifurcated market where we have certain companies that can't find people at all. We're dealing with, I believe, almost historic low unemployment we're also dealing with a whole industry where people are leaving faster than they've ever left before. So there's a lot going on. 
So as you are trying to figure out how to navigate through all these obstacles, what is your North Star? How are you dealing with all this? Yeah, it's it's taking deep breaths and, and going uh, one foot in front of the other, really having very heartfelt conversations with hiring teams um, in and outside of my company, right? Because I do talk with other recruiters or other people who are just asking for advice based off of my, my background to talk with them, to let them understand that, hey, here's where the pipeline is. Here's the talent that I found and, and providing data to show them where we are, essentially being able to say, like, here's how many people I've spoken with. Here's how many people fit the the specific requirements you're looking for. Here's how many people have transferable skills to this and coming up with solutions to be able to influence them to either go towards those candidates with transferable skills or let them understand that it's going to take a little bit longer to fill the position, which no one ever likes to hear that. But surprisingly, there are some people who are open to waiting um, and finding that fit where there's other people who are willing to review the requirements of the position and see how they can leverage their team to train someone up and bring them in with their transferable knowledge. But it can get frustrating. I also have to take a step out and go for a run to kind of like clear my head and get creative with my approaches when it comes to recruiting as well. And I also try to coach my candidates up more than ever before, too. Like, I've always been someone who has given a lot of guidance to my candidates, but I really am transparent with the candidates and and let them know what to expect so they can also prepare better for their interview and and do a little bit of research to be able to be prepared to speak with hiring leaders. I want to double down on those transferable skills. A lot of people are talking about that reskilling, upskilling, transferable skills. What does this mean? Does it mean that you are looking for someone that worked in an adjacent role? Is it just find a smart person who may not have the experience, but you can train up pretty quickly? Is it somebody who did something that's almost similar, but just in a different industry? What does transferable really mean when you think about it? Yeah, for me, transferable, it depends on the role. If you look at like an instructional designer role, People are looking for people who have coding ability and who are able to lead virtual and classroom training sessions, essentially, with content, being able to develop that content and understand that content. When you look for that, you look for specific degree programs for entry-level talent, or you look at people who have already essentially performed that type of work before A transferable person to that type of role outside of a corporate environment would be a teacher or a professor. They're people who have to build out content for their classes. Um, They more than likely have had to utilize some type of technology where they've had to do some type of coding to put in their different content that they've needed or to make it a, a simulation environment. So those teachers typically get overlooked and in the news, you can see there's a lot of teachers that are, are leaving teaching, and that's a whole other topic too, right? Because teachers are definitely undervalued and, and need a lot more respect and so forth than what they get. But if they are looking to make that change in their career, I would consider that person a transferable skill set to like an instructional designer or somewhere on an L&D team or an educational type of role within a corporate environment where others may not see that. So you have to really talk through and dive in with that candidate to get their strengths and be able to show that story to the hiring manager to at minimum get them in for an initial interview. Are there roles that you 
don't believe this works. So are there roles where it doesn't matter how transferable your skills are, if you don't have experience in the specific role that you're looking for, it just won't work? I think there are some. I don't I personally don't think that there are as much in corporate as much as there are in other fields. Like if you think about healthcare, I personally feel like a doctor is going to need some hands-on experience before I want them to come and do a surgery on me. So I don't know that there'd be a lot of transferable skills there. I think that they definitely need to go through their their programs and and so forth and, and get that experience before they go off by themselves. But when I think about corporate America, I think In most cases, anything's going to be transferable if it correlates and it has the right depth to it. I don't think like a you'd be able to bring someone out and make them an EVP immediately within a company, depending on the size of the company. But I think if you can take a VP at a high level company, depending on their skills, they could be at an EVP level at a smaller startup type of environment. So I I think there's transferable skills in every role except some that are going to involve people's lives, essentially. Got it. Interesting. So when you were talking about finding different people and helping others in your field, trying to find people and figure out how to move people in the pipeline, when it comes to the pipeline, how are you thinking about where the challenges are hitting you the hardest? Is it top of the funnel, finding enough people that are skilled enough or have enough transferable skills to even push through to find a person? Is it more about getting people through specific interview stages? Is it more about getting them over the hump for the hiring manager to actually say, yes, I like this person? Where do you see the hardest challenges in the funnel right now? And that's going to be, this is going to be a hard answer for me. And the reason being is because everything you just named off on depends on the role that I'm recruiting on. So there's some roles that I'm getting where I have more than enough qualified talent that is just actively coming in to the role where I don't have to necessarily source the talent. I can just use the application pool that's coming through because there's so much great talent that's in there already and I don't have any issues staffing it. Um, And some of those roles are going to be more of the entry-level positions like an HR coordinator or a receptionist or um, a talent acquisition coordinator or sourcer person. And then there's roles where, like, in the same breath, there's like an associate level position where I'm not getting any talent come through and I'm having to do headhunting because no one's actively applying to the position that has remotely close to the skill sets. It's more people who, like, for instance, there's a role, we're just going to make something up right now. So there's going to be a role that I'm looking for that's a comp position, a global comp role. Anyone that may be applying to the role is predominantly people who have no correlation or or do not have the years of experience that I need right now. So I'm having to fully headhunt. And um, in those types of roles, when I'm headhunting, I also get a lot of rejections because people are very comfortable in their roles. Because at that point, I'm, I'm going after a lot of passive talent, unless there is a layoff. And then I do go definitely hone in on that company that's going through layoffs and see if the talent that I'm looking for, for that type of role was part of that layoff to try to get them before another recruiter does. But that person is probably getting a hundred other recruiters reaching out to them doing the same thing. So, you know, I have to really show how great of a company O9 is to get them to want to come over, which is a job, right? That's my job to do. Um, I'm very transparent with my candidates on where we are, and I'm also transparent with them on how great O9's culture is and, and how amazing we are. So I think it goes, it depends on the role. 
I, I have a lot of challenges and I don't just have one at this point and not any of them are any easier than the other one at this point, because if I have 10 positions right now, all 10 of them are having different challenges if they're different types of roles. Very interesting. And I appreciate you providing that nuance as the roles do seem like they would have different challenges. Let's look at looking at broader strokes. Are there specific requests that you find most candidates looking for, potentially even demanding in this uncertain market? So some people we talk to, and even when we talk to different customers and work with them, as they look through their pipeline data, some will say, well, a lot of people are looking for what they call ridiculous salaries. Other people are saying, well, because we have people in office and we're either requiring or highly suggesting suggesting people to be in the office a few days, we're losing a lot of candidates because people want to be fully remote. Are there any things like that that you're finding are, generally speaking, providing more challenges than others? Yeah, I would say that the top factors for me are there are some ridiculous salaries out there. Um, I, I think a lot of those high salaries that people were offering over the last year or two is attributed to the inflation that we're dealing with in today's world. I don't have data to cover that. That's just my my own perception. And then another factor is the remote work. You know, it the game changed when everyone had to go home two years ago. And now a lot of companies are wanting people to be hybrid and wanting them to be in office one or two days a week. And uh, there's roles that I have that are like that, where we want someone in one or two days a week uh, if they're within the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I've had a lot of candidates decline me for that. So companies do have to eventually make that call on if they're going to be open to fully remote and remove that hybrid expectation or if they truly do want the hybrid setting. And if that's what they want, they may have to understand that they may not get some of that best-in-class talent due to that. Courtney, we've covered a lot here, and I could talk to you all day about this because it's such a fascinating and very important and timely topic. But if there was one thing that you would want our audience to take away from everything that we covered today, what would that one thing be? I think it's on both sides, being the hiring company, hiring leader, or being the candidate that is actively looking or passively open to opportunities. Be open. Understand that you really need to dive into um, the company and understand if it's the company for you as the candidate. And if it is, what are you willing to essentially do to have everything that you want in a company? And I think companies also have to be open to candidates that may not fit that perfect image that they look for and be open to those transferable skills to get the best talent that they could possibly have. So I hope that everyone can take away from this that they just have to be open. That doesn't mean they have to settle. It just means they have to be open for what they want and what will benefit them in the future. Courtney, you have been such an awesome podcast guest, and I'm so happy that I was able to help publicly promote you as your first podcast into the podcast sphere, and you just totally knocked it out the park. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people, whether it's HR or on the recruiting side, that really enjoyed a lot of the wisdom that you shared. So, Courtney, thank you so much for being such an awesome guest on the show today. Woo! Go, Courtney! Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on the show. I definitely appreciate it, and I'll be definitely subscribing to hear more of your podcast in the future. Awesome. So, Courtney, where can people find you in 09 Solutions online? 
They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there under Courtney Nelson uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 09 Solutions. And then email address is Courtney.Nelson at 09 Solutions.com. Awesome. So all of you listeners out there, if you enjoyed this podcast as much as Courtney and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast and now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.